Dividends and payouts are what you're chasing But all the games are getting intimidating You're feeling anxious hearing your heart racing Just tune in to Cash Considerations This is Cash Considerations We are Cash Considerations With sports wages you gotta have patience Just tune in to Cash Considerations Welcome to the Cash Considerations Podcast, where your three favorite industry insiders break down the best sports betting action for the week. Ever wonder what edge the guys on the other side of the counter have? Well, you've come to the right place. On today's show for Tuesday, October 17th, D. Griff talks the start of the NBA season, Dave Sherapan shares his love for the MLB pennant action, and together the guys find you some college football games you may have ordinarily overlooked. With that being said, let's get to the money. Welcome players, first time listeners, long time friends, gamblers and everyone in between. You are now tuned into Cash Considerations. My name is David Griffin, aka your boy D Griff, and joining me as always is my main man Dave Sherapan coming to the stage. What's up, friend? Not much, brother. What's happening? It was a it was a difficult week for us last week, or at least for me. I ain't going to speak for everybody. I'm going to speak for me. Not my best week. Man, my big threes got murdered. <laughs> so uh, that happens. It's it, it, it's it was due to happen. I mean, I'm not going to lie. My chest is out a little bit this week after the Steelers. You know, uh, come on. The show's been going on for less than 30 seconds, and you're already bringing up the Steelers win. Well, come it's on. just like a it's like a band aid, Griff. You just got to rip it off quick and just get it over with. So I figured I'd just hit you with it early. We could talk about it and be done with it. Turn the page. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate you thinking about my feelings. <laughs> but um, one thing I will say, though, before we go into our uh, before we go into our recap, is I said it. I believe I said it last week, and I'll say it again this week. Anytime two of our big three are on the same game, it's got to be a, a mortgage play, right? You got to go to whoever whoever you're paying your mortgage to, double it down, get as much cash as you can, and put it all on that side. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's been a recurring theme, and for sure now we have uh, you know some data to go along with it. It's happened a couple times, and it's been pretty good. They, they've won every time it's happened. Um, the Saints tried to give it away. I mean, we had a forty-five to ten lead, and kind of already put that one in pen as a W. And they let the Lions creep back into that thing and got a little nerve wracking. But it, the Saints got the job done with that one. Um, they held it off just like they should have. That was a crazy game. What I want to do is we're going to start a little new thing when we d- handle our recaps. We're going to get what we call our five-minute rewind. So key the music. Mm-hmm. All right, Dave. So we got five minutes. Let's go through a quick recap of what we had for the last week just to remind the people. All right, sir. We had in college, we discussed uh, briefly the Texas Tech-West Virginia total. We made a total before we actually saw the totals on Tuesday. 78 we kind of guessed it came 72 or 73 total flew over it was 83 points scored in the game that was a good good one um friday we discussed nc state and pit you kind of brought that one up to me and we got you off of pit and on to nc state that was another good game for us yeah big win uh yep um oklahoma started at seven we loved it on tuesday we really really i i did and by the time Friday just came, we discussed it on the show. It was nine and a half, yeah. and we basically, yeah, right. We that was one of those. We're not laying bad numbers. That's just a pass. 
Yeah, it was or, a too late to the party. Right, exactly. And and it turned out to be because Oklahoma had the game well in hand. An interception turned the game around, and they needed a late score to just win the game by five and not cover. Yep. South Carolina at Tennessee. God, it was an ugly, ugly game. 9-9, and South Carolina gets a touchdown. And then somehow Tennessee decides to go for it and not win the game. South Carolina money line came in, so that was a good game for us. And oh, is that what happened in the game? I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch two minutes of that game. I you didn't miss nothing. anything. Okay, cool. Yeah, there you go. It, it, was, it like was not a good game to watch. It really wasn't. But South Carolina won as a small dog. So that was a good money line plus winner. And the Auburn-LSU game, we didn't know what to make of the line. Auburn was favored. So we kind of were talking back and forth. We, we weren't sure which way to go. We kind of said, look at the total in that game. If it comes... 45 or less uh, maybe look at the under came 47 by game time and it went over the total with a late touchdown LSU won 27-23 so that one went over but that was it for college we kind of just did a lot of look aheads and didn't really give too many strong opinions and just threw a couple out there on Friday so we want to sum up the big three I'll give you the benefit of getting it done first give me your big three and uh, how they went real quick Oh, man, the Packers. Uh, everybody saw what happened with the Packers there. Not too much explanation needs to go into that. Brett Hundley came in, and he looked like Brett Hundley. So um, without Aaron Rodgers, he is the LeBron James of the NFL, but I got to stop calling him that because LeBron James doesn't get hurt. He got hurt, and I believe now the Packers are probably the worst team in the NFL. So took an L there. That's fine. Then that Ravens game, I had the Ravens minus six, and you guys told it to me. You said, would you be surprised what happens? Like, anything crazy could happen, would it surprise you? And I said, no, it wouldn't surprise me unless, like, the rookie came out and just went crazy and scored a ton of points. And I don't know if you saw that game, Dave, but literally everything happened. Kickoff returns, interception returns, fumble returns, took an L. Um, Ravens offense isn't any good. I'll take that one up. And then the Colts. I had the Colts. I thought the Colts were going to be live on the money line. I mean, outside of that, that could have been my one win, but I went 0-3, and that was awful. That was, like, the worst feeling. Not even for, like, my bets, but for the people who listen to this show, I have to apologize. That should never happen, and it won't happen again. Fair enough. That's that's the way we just turn the page. I mean, it happens. and You know, you had some bad luck go against you in a couple of those games. We'll turn the page. That's it. I'll go on to... Uh, Big Al's big, big three. He had the uh, he called it the merch game. I kind of like that. Yeah, I like um, that name. <laughs> right? Yeah, Deshaun Watson definitely sold some merchandise on Sunday. The Browns are the Browns. He told us Hogan was a turnover machine in college, and nothing changed. My man had three picks. Um, him and I were both on the Saints again. That. They, they came and ran the, the Lions out of the building in the first three quarters. It was 45-10, to 10, and I already marked it a winner. They made it interesting, let the Lions get back in the game, but closed it out for a W there. And then his third game was the under in the Rams-Jags game. Oh. Dude, I cannot believe that game. The opening kickoffs returned for a touchdown. And then the first play from scrimmage, Fournette runs 80 yards for a touchdown. It's 7-7 with 38 seconds into the game or something like that. And then there's no score forever. The the score was 24-14 forever. 
in that game forever. And then they got a late field goal, or 24 to 17. I'm sorry, it was 41. It was staying under the total. Yeah. And then uh, the Rams kicked the field goal with less than 30 seconds left to put it over the total. So that was a tough beat for him. But two and one, we'll, we'll sign for two and one every week. Yeah, you can't argue with that. That's nope. money. Yep. Um, my big three were the Saints was the uh, one winner. The Patriots, minus nine and a half. They couldn't get there. They were up 10. It looked like they might yeah, hold on. Yeah, it looked on, like they but, were going to hold on and, and actually cover a game. Yeah, they started slow, and the Jets came out firing on all cylinders. Had a 14 nothing lead, and I didn't think that at that time the Patriots were going to lose the game, but, man, I was looking at an in um, in-game wager on that one. Yeah, to try to sure. just take the right. You know that when the Patriots get down 14 to the Jets early, there's enough time for them to come back. You can find value on that. And they almost covered the game, but the defense is going to be a them laying big numbers is going to be a tough spot, I think, going forward until they figure it out. And then the third game was the Steelers. They got it done somehow. I'll tell you what, the the rushing yards, they had 200 yards rushing and 16 first downs in the first half to the Chiefs having one first down in the first half. And the Steelers barely were leading. Like, they they, they had no points. And I kept saying, they got to put this team away. They got to put this team away. And I got to be honest, the last pass that Roethlisberger threw to Antonio Brown for the touchdown. If that ball is intercepted, the Steelers lose by one. No question. It's over. Chiefs get the ball. Even if he, he doesn't even have to intercept it because it was third down and I believe like four. So if he just knocks it down, if he just uses his face mask, which it hits off of, just to knock the ball straight to the ground, then the Steelers are probably going to punt and the Chiefs are going to use all of, like I think it was like three minutes and 30 seconds left to get in the field goal range and win the game by, by a point at the very end. And then I'd be the one with the laughs. Well, the Steelers would have covered. Yeah, there was still would covered. Right, sure. but, but the Chiefs would still be undefeated. And everything would be okay in D. Griff's Kansas City Chief. No, no doubt. There, um, nothing well, we haven't seen before, but it's one of those things to where it'll get you every time it does. In the NFL, Griff, last week, the dogs were eleven three and one against the Ooh. spread. And oh, overall man. for the season, the dogs are fifty one thirty five and four on the yeah. season. And that's why the books, I mean, they wish they could close the year right now and, and base bonuses <laughs> and stuff off of what the In results the are right now. Yeah. You know, we'll go forward from there. That's a pretty good recap, and we're trying to keep it tight, so we'll move on. And- I'm just going to say really quick, the last thing that we mentioned, we didn't get to talk about it on the show, but I tried to put it up on Twitter, is the Eddie Mush picks. Our boy Eddie Mush. So if it's not on the show by the end of by the by the Saturday show, please check our Twitter. I promise I will get it up there before Sunday. He went one and two this week. He had the Packers, who I I'm not gonna say he jinxed Aaron Rodgers, but geez, that's just bad. He had the Packers, he had the Chiefs who didn't cover, but he did have the Cardinals who put a whooping on the Bucks. So we'll give him that one. You can't lose them all, but our boy Eddie the Mush went one and two. What jersey did you wear Sunday? I wore the Bucks jersey. Oh, so that is the other thing. The the jersey curse is still alive and strong. I got to make sure I get that out to the people too before Sunday. Fair enough. Just like buy all the jerseys and that way every Sunday I can have a guaranteed money line just betting against whatever I'm wearing. I believe that's our first opportunity for sponsorship, Griff. If anyone (laughs) is listening that can help us out and just get us some jerseys that we can continue 
to have you wear for Sundays for the Jersey curse. I think we, that's in order. We're going to have a great show. We're going to talk our NFL power rankings. We're going to talk a couple college games and stuff like that. But something that started tonight that I got to talk about is the NBA started tonight. Dave, are you excited or are you not excited? Yeah, you're excited. I am. I can hear it. I'm, I'm excited, but I'm not excited yet. I am so locked into these baseball playoffs. So I'll let you discuss basketball in game one of 82 and get it out of the way. And then we can just just let me wet my whistle a little bit and discuss some baseball because we got a lot of good stuff going on. And then we'll go forward from there. Okay, good. Well, I'll keep it short and sweet because you are right. There is a lot, lot more to come. Tonight was just a really short schedule. It was uh, Boston playing at the Cavs. Cavs won by three. I don't know if you saw what happened to Gordon Hayward, but it was devastating. Did you see his injury? Man, that was tough to watch, Griff. I'm not going to lie. I, I, yeah. I've seen injuries you know, in person playing sports, and I've seen injuries on video, but that one literally made me like turn. I couldn't yeah, watch that- it. That one was cringeworthy. Um, I feel really bad for the Kip. I wish him all the best. Wish him a speedy recovery. That's going to hurt the Celtics a lot this year. So, but like I said, the Cavs ended up winning that. And then the Rockets. Did you see the Rockets upset the Warriors late? Came all the way back? That's two years in a row. The NBA is incredible. Yeah, the Warriors dropped their, their home opener two years in a row. So uh, The Rockets didn't have a lead other than 2-0. <laughs> Is that not incredible or what? Basketball's so, impossible. If you were trying to bet that thing in game, you could have gotten so many different lines and things like that. It's crazy, and the Rockets win the game. Unbelievable. It's, it's crazy. Uh, the one thing we will say, me, me, Alan, kind of talked about it. We didn't get a chance to get it on the last show, but the only bet that we figured you could have took in that game was the over. That thing flew over. I think it went to like two forty-five or two forty-six. They had it at two thirty. Uh, easiest over anytime those two teams play expect 250 points easy um, just looking into tomorrow's schedule so you're going to get the majority of your games uh, your teams opening up tomorrow and there's only there's three games that really stick out to me that I think you have to jump on one of them shamefully was the Celtics the Celtics were originally at playing at home going to be minus five and a half against the Milwaukee Bucks. I love the Milwaukee Bucks. I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the East this year. I think they might even be better than the Celtics, uh, especially with that kid Greek feet. Man, he's incredible. So I was going to say you have to take the Bucks and probably take them to win the game outright. Now, I don't know what that line's going to move to. Now that Gordon Hayward's out, they took the line off the board. I'm assuming they're going to move it down to maybe Celtics minus one or two or something like that. So I still think the Bucks are going to be live on the money line. So take the Bucks, regardless of whatever it is. But you're not going to get nearly as good as the number as you, you were going to get before that injury happened, obviously. Um, another sleeper team that I got is the Nuggets. I'm telling you, Dave, you might not know nothing about these young upstart Nuggets, but these Nuggets got a lot, a lot of young talent. They got the kid they call the Joker, uh, Nikolai Djokovic. Really, he's like he's like their 6'10", 6'11", center, who is a triple-double machine, something like Russell Westbrook. It's, it's incredible. They're playing at the Jazz. They're Right now, they're plus two, and that's a short two, but I figure you could take the two or just take the money line. I think the Nuggets are going to win this, t- this game easy. Uh, the Jazz have a couple of injuries that's going to hurt them at the guard position. And the Nuggets are deep. The Nuggets are deep, and the Nuggets can shoot, which is exactly what you need in, in today's league. 
And the other game I'm going to be looking at is the Wizards game. Wizards are at home against the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know if you guys have noticed, if you've been tracking my Twitter or not, you have noticed I talk a lot of chunk about the 76ers. I don't know why people love them. I don't know why people think they're going to be in the playoffs. I don't know what this fascination with Joel Embiid is because he's played less games than uh, Greg Oden's ever played. And then also they've put a minutes restriction on Joel Embiid. They are saying he's probably going to play in the teens when it comes to minutes to start the season, like 18, you know what I mean, 18, 19. So with all that going around, you got the Wizards at home. They're a solid team. I think they're going to come out, and I I think they're going to blow them out. I don't think it's going to be close. They're minus seven. I I can see them winning by 15, 15 easy. Wow, that's a lot to digest right there. I'll just bounce off a couple things. One, the Milwaukee-Boston game is an interesting trend that we need to have listeners pay attention to. Milwaukee is in Boston, already there, relaxing. Boston played, and they're playing a back-to-back road to home. Yep. It usually favors the dog. The team that's already in the city, if they're getting points, that's probably a pretty good play. Uh, your second game, I know historically Utah's a hard place to play. I don't know squat yet about these Denver Nuggets. You're absolutely right. I know if I'm getting the Jazz laying a bucket or less, I'm kind of thinking that would be the side for me. Again, I know nothing. I'm just looking at numbers. The third one, Philly and Washington. You are definitely a 76er hater. You yeah. All these little tweets and different things, i just picking up on that. But I like what the Sixers are doing. They got oh, a kid. They, I, I really do. I, I'm just saying I've been – a Sixer fan from that was Pittsburgh didn't have a basketball team so I picked a team in the state I love the Sixers Dr. J was my favorite player you know first favorite NBA player so I have a soft spot for them I put the thing on the Twitter the pool I think they're going to make the playoffs the East is so bad that I really think they're going to have a shot they're going to be the seven or eight seed I really do I don't so game one of one eight, uh, game one of 82 I don't know seven points I know this. We've done studies. Um, seven is the number that NBA games fall on the most of all numbers. So when you're getting more than seven, there's a lot of value there. When you're yeah. taking the favorite, don't lay more than seven points because that's when the fouls stop. That's when they dribble out. When it's you know five, they still foul, and you can get a cover, six or seven. But – Seven and a half, eight is when it starts to get hairy. Now, that's just something to keep in mind going forward. That's my NBA contribution this week. Well, we thank you for your contribution, but you're wrong. Anyway, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not having no nonsense today. I had, I had one of those weeks last week to the where this week is no nonsense. All right, we're getting straight to the point. Winners are winners. Bring it. I love it. All right, so let's take a quick break. Um, just one, I could rest my chops, get my blood pressure back down. And when we come back, we're going to jump, we're going to talk a little bit of baseball. I'm going to let you, uh, let you have your turn and then we'll get to some, uh, get to the college. Sound good? Absolutely. Perfect. First place, chasing it like the Preakness. There's Big Dave, Sherapan, no better than. Gotta jump aboard his bandwagon. It's like a caravan and last. Alan Bird keeps the big dogs coming. Gotta call him Bird, man, because all he does is cash money. Uh, all right, Dave, we are Dave, back. Dave, let's jump into some baseball, buddy, because I know I know you were hype. You, your whole last week and a half has been no extra BS nonsense other than, other than football. You've been locked into these baseball games. What's going on? 
Well, game three tonight, NLCS. The Dodgers took care of business, man. They they took Hendricks to the woodshed. Couple bombs. Every move Roberts makes is is the right move right now, and his bullpen has been lights out. So they won the game six one, easy winner. Uh, the Cubs are sending out Arietta tomorrow to save the season, and the Dodgers. Oh, by the way, get to throw out Alex Wood. <laughs> so <laughs> this one may be over. Um, I, I haven't seen the line yet. It's going to depend on the wind as well. But if the wind is blowing out at all, I don't give Arietta much of a shot because the Dodgers are locked in and they're hitting long balls. So it's only a matter of time. It's either game four or game five, because if the Cubs can salvage tomorrow, then, you know, game four, then they get to face Kershaw in game five. And I don't see them beating him. So pretty much punch the Dodgers ticket to the World Series. The AL, though, last week when the three of us discussed it, you guys had punched the Astros ticket to the World Series. I think it's going to be a sweep. Oh, I could see maybe the Yankees winning a game. And I kind of said, wait, boys, hold on. I think the Yankees are live here. Remember that? The Yankees team is not dead, man. They CC did what he does. And what, what a veteran performance. He was 9-0 and after a Yankees loss during the season. And he answered the bell again. Gave them the start they needed. The bats woke up. They broke through for, I mean, Frazier's home run to right field looked like it was a pop-up to first that carried all the way out. And <laughs> then Judge hit a bomb. The place goes crazy. They they roll. Tonight, they're down 4 nothing, and it's looking bleak. Seventh inning, Judge comes up and hits a ball 400 and almost 50 feet. Yep, and, that sparked the whole right? bench. That woke everybody it's, up. It, it, it got McCullers out of the game. Yep. And we got into the bullpen. And now the Astros' bullpen, really that's been, along with their back end of their starting rotation, their bullpen has been their weakness. Their lineup is great. Yeah, Their bullpen is not. And now the series is even. The, the Yankees just poured it on, scored six runs, had guys tripping over first, and they couldn't even get them out. <laughs> there was a couple really big hits. I mean, it was a hell of a game to watch, especially if you were holding the ticket on the Yankees. Now we'll see. Now it's a series. I mean, it's a it's a three game series, and the Astros get to throw out Keuchel tomorrow and Verlander in the next game, who the Yankees were unable to touch in Houston. So, game five is is everything, and I think Tanaka can get it done right now. The Astro bats, other than Correa and Altuve, nobody's hitting. I going yeah, into today crazy. they were six. For 66. The rest of the lineup, other than those two, are 6 for 66. That's that's horrible. They're not even moving runners. So it's going to be one of those games. I really like the under. If you get a chance to listen to it, it's an early game. But the under tomorrow, it, they're putting up 8 because it's in Yankee Stadium. It was 7 in Houston. It looks like another 2-1, 3-2 type of game. So I would recommend the under. And yeah, I, I, I think Houston's. I think Houston can win. It's a toss-up game for me. I want to see the Yankees win because I think the Astros are going to win Game Six. So, if the if the Yankees can get it done tomorrow, Astros win Game Six, and we get a Game Seven. The Dodgers are just licking their chops, hoping it goes seven. They burn the bullpens. They burn all the starting rotations, 
and uh, we can get ready for a World Series hosted by the Dodgers. All right, Big Dub, but why don't we get to the fun stuff? Why don't we get to some football, huh? I'm ready to tackle somebody. Man, I'll be honest with you. I was looking at this fo- this college football schedule, and just kind of like last week, there wasn't too much that really jumped out and caught my eye. What about you? I took some time this week and did a little show prep because, you know, as we continue to grow and um, expand what we do, yes, I said we got to find some more games for people to look at because the card is what it is. It is hard. And the matchups this week are all over the place. So I went through and I came up with eight games that we can just discuss. I'm going to throw a couple things at you just to get a first thought. Just look, just talking numbers mostly because a lot of these teams are not teams that I've even seen one play of. But this is like the number crunching week for us. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Come with- Show me what you got, man. Come with it. Like I said, I only have two games that I really want to talk about. And to be honest, they're both friends and family games. So we can hold <laughs> off on mine. You, you bring me what you got. All right. I'm going to go in order of rotation from uh, you know beginning to end here. The first one, this is definitely a friends and family game, Buffalo at Miami of Ohio. Oh, okay. wow. So, so listen to this. Buffalo's three and four. Miami of Ohio is two and five. But against the spread, Buffalo is seven and zero, oh, and Miami Ooh. of Ohio is one and six. Now, do you know what the line is on the game? It looks like Miami of Ohio is minus three. Explain that one to me, please. I couldn't. I couldn't if you gave me a week. I know. Right. And there's no, there's there's no there's no logical reason. Buffalo is seven and zero against the spread. Mm-hmm. Miami of Ohio is one and six against the spread. Miami of Ohio is favored by three. That's one we got to keep an eye on all week. I mean, obviously, the obvious play is to take Buffalo plus the points. That's just one of those. I'm looking at numbers and I'm looking at this going. Did I write this down right? Yes. I, I can't explain it. That's that's the first one. And these things are going to kind of go like this the rest of the way. Okay, yeah, that's game. a good one. You got to just look at and try to do some more research up on and see where the line moves and see. Yeah, okay, I'm probably on the right side or not. Right. Uh, next game, number three thirty-seven, three thirty-eight in the rotation. UAB at Charlotte. UAB four and two straight up, five mm-hmm. and one against the spread. Charlotte is zero and seven. They haven't won a game yet. Okay. And they're two and five against the spread, and they're averaging thirteen points a game offensively. That's all they score. What what do you make that line without looking? If you have looked already, that's fine. But if you don't know, what do you make that line? Well, I haven't looked at what the line is, but I will tell you that I know Charlotte is awful. They Terrible. Are, they are one of the worst teams. I did notice that as I was looking through the schedule. So I'm going to assume if UAB, I don't know much about UAB, but I'm assuming as long as they have twenty, at least 22 guys on their team, they should be at least 10-point favorites. Okay, so the opener was UAB minus four, and it no. lasted for about the, – the opener was UAB minus four, and it lasted for literally five minutes. It's now <laughs> seven or seven and a half. Uh, and that okay, game that is probably going to end up closer to where you just said the line. Yeah. So if okay, you're gonna if you're gonna sense. look at that game 
you better lay it now because it's only going up. Okay, that's good info. I like this. I like these smaller games because everybody's looking at the big games, the big important games, and trying to trying to jump on the side. And there's so much money on those, but it's these smaller ones where you could find the mismatches in the lines and really get an advantage on. Absolutely, man. That's what we're we're, we're just looking at numbers now this week. The next one I got is three forty one, three forty two. BYU is at East Carolina. Another really a game that you'll never even find on TV. I don't think. Yeah. BYU is one and six. They're both one and six straight up. So this is a this is a bottom feeder game. <laughs> Against the number, BYU is zero and seven. They haven't covered a game yet. Right. East Carolina is one and six. I'm having the feeling that you're going to tell me BYU is favored for some reason. BYU is favored on the road. That is insanity. Now, again, I know both of these teams are awful. So, it, 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 I'm a, is it something small? Tell me it's like BYU minus two. BYU opener was minus seven and a half. It lasted, again, two minutes. It's down to five and a half. But they're that still is, laying more than a field goal. That is disturbing. I don't get it. And these are the things we got to try to you know give listeners something to look at because you, you can take the information, do your own research, watch the number move, make a play. Do whatever you want with it, but these are things that you have to point out. The lines makers, the books, we have to put out lines on every game. Right, That's what we do. The, the job for the listeners and the betters, the people on the other side of the counter, is to find the numbers that are wrong. And I kind of went through and did that so, so you and I could kind of you know discuss it organically on the air and go, wow, what is the line there? You know, East Carolina has to be a bet if you're going to bet that game. And then what you're saying with two bad teams, Griff? Oh, two bad teams, you got to take it over. That's a D. Griff game right there. Absolutely, right? I mean, um, I don't know what the total, the look-ahead total, which, again, we don't see these totals in, in Las Vegas until Thursday, was around 55. Both teams got to score in the 30s in this one. It has to. Right. Yeah, you know what? I think this is one of those things. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm looking at East Carolina, and here's the big problem. East Carolina's 1-6. But if you look at who they had to play so far, there's a reason why they've looked like that. They've had to play West Virginia, Virginia Tech, who's been a top 25 team, uh, South Florida, who was a top 25 team, UCF, who's a surprisingly top 25 team. They played Temple. So you're talking about they're just playing a bunch of teams that are a lot better than them. Like a, a bunch they're- of like really, really strong teams. So now they actually get to play a team that's close to their competition at home. And you think they're going to get blown out again? Yeah, you, you have to take the points with that one. They're yeah. giving up 50 points a game. <laughs> I just looked that up. 50 points a game. Wow. We could have a nice overplay there. Keep an eye on that one that for sure 50, when that total 50. comes out. Yeah. Yep. Um, the next one I have, I'll save the the, the big team uh, games for the end. So we'll, go, we'll jump to... Uh, Central Florida at Navy, 371-372. All right, you said Central Florida is ranked now, right? They're, yep. they're in the top 25. They're 5-0. and Navy's 5-1. and Against the number, UCF is perfect, 5-0 and as well. They are, If you have you looked at that line yet? I got it right here in front of me. They are minus 7.5. Okay. Opener was 6.5, and, and people in the know, 
late it to get it over to touchdown. It'd be interesting to see the way that line moves now because Navy presents such a awkward an yeah. awkward matchup, yes. right? That's a that's a hard one to just automatically lay. So now if that number starts to get away, you're going to find some value on Navy, I think, in that one. Okay, I can't get mad at that. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, over a touchdown going against a team like Navy on the road, Navy is so unorthodox. They're, they have that, that offense that you're really not going to see playing any other team. And it's just, it catches guys off guard. They're really good at keeping the games close, keeping it low scoring. I, yeah, I would probably look to um, see what kind of value you can get late in the week on Navy. Right. Um, here's a Pac-12 game for you. There Just we go. Don't look at don't look at the line yet. If you already have, that's fine. But three eighty three, three eighty four. Oregon is at UCLA. Oregon's four and three. UCLA's three and three. But against the number, UCLA is one and five. They can't stop anybody, and they don't cover the spread. What is the spread? UCLA at home against Oregon. Oh man, Oregon is is a team I just can't cap. I don't know what's going on with them. One week they're they look unstoppable, no one can catch them. The next week they can't stop anybody or catch anybody. Uh UCLA's at home, so and I know they like they love to overplay their numbers, so I have to assume it's somewhere around like seven, seven and a half. Dead on. That that's exactly what it is. It's seven. Now for a team that's one and five against the spread and can't stop anybody, going against another team that Oregon's three and four against the spread, they can't stop anybody. I would have to say I got to take the points in that one. Just just not knowing anything else. But again, I am the biggest Pac-12 fade there is. So you're probably okay laying UCLA. The look ahead total in that one's 71. We could probably a hundred scored in that game. I was going to say you got to take it over. You, you have no choice but to take it over. All seventies, seventies always get me. But the last time it was that high, and you called it out, it went. It still it hit the eighties. So right. So. That's that's where I'm looking with that one. Uh, next one on my list here is Louisville is at Florida State. This one is really interesting to me. Yeah. Louisville's four and three. Florida State's two and three. Uh, you know, straight up records. But against the number, Louisville is one and six, and Florida State is zero three and two. Now these are against <laughs> the closing number. So Florida State hasn't covered a game yet. They've pushed twice. And Louisville's covered one of seven. How do you make a line for this game? Yeah, this is one of those where I just I looked at it and I said, "This is good. this is one of those guesses." Florida State's at home. Louisville can't really cover. Make it six and a half and see where the bets go. And that's exactly what they did. They came with six and a half. I can't advocate a side either way, but watch the line move because somebody's going to know, and the line's going to in- indicate that when it moves i think if it just hangs there just pass on the game but right six and a half is one of those guesses it's either three and a half or six and a half when you see those numbers it's like okay we really don't know we better just put up something and see where see where our bets take us and that's that game for me a game like that that's that that's that close you got two teams neither of them like to cover i'm just going to take the points if you're going to give me six and a half points i'll go ahead and take that and and bank on either there's a chance Louisville might win and Lamar might just have one of those great games, or you're getting so many points, there's a good chance it's just going to be an ugly dog fighter game and you end up with a three-point game, four-point game, and in an in a easy cover. All right, we'll take a look at that as it moves.
Um, another Pac-12 game for you, Arizona State at Utah. I have oh, no idea what to one. make of this Utah game. It's a tough one. Um, Utah's 5-0-1 against the spread, Griff. They yep. keep covering. They're a covering machine. They're at home against Arizona State, who is coming off an enormous win at Huge. home. Huge win at home against Washington. Have you looked at that line yet? Yes, I have. And what is your first thought? My first thought was that line is way too big. Way too big. I I didn't ha- I did I honestly don't know why they made it that big. That being said, I still like Utah in this game, and here's the reason why. I think this win for Arizona State was too big for them. I was literally listening to their Arizona State coach talk on the on Sports Talk Radio today, and he was talking about how he was l- encouraging his team to celebrate, go on social media, and enjoy the win because it, it was such a big win for their program, and I think the win was too big for them. I don't think they're really – I think Utah sitting there going like, man, all right, we get a chance to get Arizona State in here. Let's get right against them. They had a chance to beat UCL, uh, USC last week. They went for it. I don't know if you saw. They scored a touchdown late. They had a chance to tie it up if they went for the extra point. Instead, they said, let's go for it all. They went for two to try to win the game right then and there, and they didn't get it. And I think coming in this week, they're going to be focused and want to get it. And I think Arizona is still thinking about that win. Do you agree with the call on Utah? Yeah, I think you do. I think it's you one go of for things. the win in that I, spot. You go for the win. I, I will never. I, I'm a guy. I'm a guts. I'm a guts or glory guy. You know what I mean. So if you're going to go for it all, go for it all. If you're if you're two yards away from winning a game, you should. If 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 we deserve to win the game, we should be able to get it. I, I appreciate the call, and I was rooting for them to make it just because because it would set up this week's play on USC, which we're going to get to here in a second. Um, yep. So I Utah's just a hard s- place to play. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. you're right. I think you're. I, I think you're thinking. I think right. the number Utah, is so big. Up to 10. Yeah, it gets appetizing. You look at it and you go, "Oh, that's way too many points." But I think it's just one of those things to where let's not. I don't want to overreact to Arizona State's win. The last game that I have that I have just a numbers type discussion is the last game on the on the rotation four thirteen four fourteen Fresno State is at San Diego State, and we've been on San Diego State games you know from the beginning of the season because they went to Arizona State and won that game early in the, early in the year. Yeah. So I've I've liked to keep an eye on their games. Fresno is five zero and one against the spread. They're yep. four and two. But they're 5-0-1, so they haven't lost a game against the spread yet. San Diego State lost their first game. Um, they're 6-1 and one straight up, but they're 4-3 and three against the number. The opener in this thing came 11 and a half yeah, on San Diego State. Really, really high. And it is currently 7.5. So they were at home to Boise State last week. They were five-and-a-half-point favorites, and they they got whooped. 31 of 14, they went down. Mm-hmm. Penny had nowhere to run. Boise State controlled the entire game, and they won. Now they're at home against Fresno State, a pretty decent team that can score, and they're laying seven-and-a-half points. Very interesting line to watch, and that's the last game for a lot of people to try to get back or double up their winnings or catch up and lose their, their losses. Keep an eye on that number because if it drops below seven, 
I think there's some value on San Diego State. Yeah, I was going to say the line opened up way incredibly too high. Fresno State is actually a really, really good team. Um, they're probably one of the second, probably close to the second best team in that division or in that conference. Um, yeah, they got they got beat up early in their season because they scheduled a couple tough early games. Like they played Alabama and got, got blown out even though they covered the spread. But they've they've really looked good in their last couple of weeks. I like Fresno State. Um, now that it's down to seven, seven and a half, it's one of those things to where it becomes a no play for me. You're just too late. The line's not good enough. If it gets under seven, again, like you said, I would say take a, think about taking a play on San Diego State because you're going to get a great number. But anything seven, seven and a half around there, it's just too too iffy funny for me. I'd probably stay away. So that leaves us two games, the two marquee games as far as I'm concerned. USC at Notre Dame. Yeah, this is uh, one of those real, rivalry games. Yeah, that's a real rivalry Big game. Right there. Yep, and it, it, it's an interesting game because USC is 6-1, and one, but they've only covered one of those games against the spread. Yeah. They're 1-6. and six. I mean, and it's due to laying a lot of big numbers. They, 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 I mean, in their defense, they've been favored and laying a huge number almost every game. Yep. So uh, Notre Dame, who I just thought wasn't going to be as good as they are, they're five and one, and they're five and one against the number. This is their this is their game. They the number surprised me when it came over a field goal. I got I, I got to be honest. I thought the line was going to be three, mm-hmm. and it came four. It's at three and a half. It's sitting at three and a half. I don't know which way it's going to go. I think it's only going to go down. I don't think anyone's looking to lay Notre Dame more than a field goal. Do you have a, a an opinion on this game? Yeah, honestly, I was surprised like you were. And when I saw the line, I thought, okay, I got to try to figure out a way. I was trying to figure out how to get this play in on USC because I liked Notre Dame in the game. But I'm, now I'm trying to convince myself, seeing the line, I'm thinking – well, the, the play's got to be USC. This is a little bit too high, or whatever the case may be. But the more and more I'm looking at it, I think Notre Dame is still the play. I Notre Dame's think. off a bye, too. I think Yeah. I think you're thinking right, and I just I can't I, – I, it's hard for me to lay more than a field goal in the game. I'll be interested to see where it's at Friday when we reconvene. But that's the marquee game um, on Saturday, along with the other game. The Michigan at Penn State game, which I'm hyped to watch. Game day is going to be at State College for the first time in a long, long time. Oh, there you and go. Yeah, this would be one I would be at 100% if I was anywhere close to there. I already have it all lined up. We could actually do a remote from one of the tailgates there. We're going <laughs> to work on that for, for next year at Ohio, Penn State at Ohio, or Ohio State at Penn State. Maybe we'll do the show from oh, yeah, there. Yeah, that's top notch. Yeah, yeah, we'll have it hooked up. But the number surprised the hell out of me. I can't believe it started double digits. Um, oh, yep. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm surprised. Michigan's defense is no joke. Their offense is bad, though. They barely survived Indiana last week. They had to win that game in overtime. That was one we also discussed and, and, and just thought laying seven on the road with that offense isn't enough or, or is too much. We can't we can't be trusting Michigan's offense. Um, Penn State's defense has been really, really good and not talked about because Barkley's been so good. They've scored a lot of points in games. 
But I, I really like Michigan's defense. I don't think this is, a, is more than a touchdown game. That's my initial thought. I don't know. Do you, you have anything there? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I thought it was going to be a defensive battle. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I was initially looking at the under. It opened up at 42, and it's actually gone up. It's at 44 and a half, uh, even 45. Um, but I, I agree. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, and anytime you got a low-scoring game, it's, you're going to be looking at the dog who's getting nine and a half is way too many points, in my opinion. Yeah, right. I mean, we, we've talked about that, too, in the past. When the total is, is 45 or less and you're getting double digits, it's what if you could parlay the two, it would be a correlated parlay. Yeah, if Michigan's exactly. going to cover it staying under the total. Yeah. That's that's pretty much the way it's going to go. So, yeah, man, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard place to play, and the whiteout whole atmosphere is like nothing you've ever been at. 110,000 people, all rock and white. It's really intimidating. I think Michigan's going to play close to the vest as much as, uh, as Harbaugh doesn't have the weapons, say, offensively. I expect him to have a game plan that's going to keep it close. So I'm just surprised by the number. I know I even looked ahead to next week. If Penn State gets this done, they go to Ohio State next week. Let's test your have – you, have you seen a look-ahead line for that game? Oh, no, not yet. Test your line skills. Penn State wins and covers this game against Michigan. They go to Ohio State next week, who's on a bye, and gets Penn State, the number two team in the country at home. What do you make the line? I make the line, oh, that's a good one. I think you still have to make Ohio State the favorite. I'm making Ohio State three-point favorite. Ohio State, as of right now, is minus eight and a half. No, you're stopped. Dave, stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you right now, you can go bet it at the couple places in town that have the games of the year still up, and they put them up adjusted week to week. The Westgate does it. I believe the wind does it. And I believe the South Point does it, but I'm not positive about them. You can go take Penn State right now plus eight and a half next week at Ohio State. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Is is Penn State a better team this year than they were last year? I think so. Yes. You would say the yes, right? Yes, the defensive uh the defensive front is great and the offensive line is another year experience. That was what was the, their bugaboo last year. Yeah. You know, the, they couldn't protect as well as they they have now. And their running back is probably going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. He's the front runner right now. Yeah. Yes. It, did, who won that game last year? Well, Penn State won it, but Penn State it was a won. miracle. It was they a miracle, but Penn State won. So if you're um, you're gonna give me a better Penn State this team this year, and you're gonna get and you're gonna give me eight and a half points, that's inc- that's that's insanity. There's no way it's gonna be close to that. If, like you said, Penn State goes on and and wins and covers against this Michigan this Michigan team, it's just insanity. That's a good that's a good thing to note, though. That's a good thing to note. That's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're Like I said, this week we're focused on numbers and opportunities for you to take what we give you and do some research and put it on Twitter. Tweet us back. Like, give us information back. It's great. The, the exchange of information is awesome. The one I want to throw at you is Western Michigan playing at Eastern Michigan. Some people might know about Western Michigan just because of the great season that they had last year. And they opened up the season early. 
against USC, and they actually played them really close in the first half, even though they ended up losing it in the second half. They're playing at Eastern Michigan, which, spoiler alert, they suck. And Western <laughs> Michigan is only minus three. And I'm looking at this game, and I'm sitting here going, even though they're in the same conference, this is two different levels of, of talent, two different levels of competition. The minus three is not nearly big enough. I'm assuming it's minus three, one, because they're on the road, and two, because it's like a interstate, like, rivalry type thing, Western Michigan versus Eastern Michigan, but it's not going to be anything like that. I think Western Michigan should win this game easy. Wow, I got my numbers here in front of me. Western Mich is 2-5 and five against the number. Mm-hmm. Eastern Michigan is 5-1 and one against the number. That sounds... But, okay, go ahead. But the the numbers offensively uh, scoring points. Western Michigan can score, dude. They they average almost 39 points a game. Yep. Your Eastern Michigan squad <laughs> averages 20 points a game. Yes. So, and giving up points, Eastern Michigan's defense must be pretty good because they, they average only giving up 20 points a game. And... Uh, Western Michigan averages giving up 30 points a game. So, obviously, Western Michigan plays a different type of game. Just looking at the numbers, they must play offensively and score and probably, you know, run plays fast, whereas Eastern Michigan probably slows it down. I'm just guessing. Yeah, and the other thing I was going to say is that Western Michigan, since they had such a good season last year, I believe they went undefeated. Um, They didn't get any love from – the college football playoff guys because they they didn't have a good schedule this year they tried to schedule a better schedule so that's why mm. another reason why you're going to see somewhat of a skew in their numbers because they played teams like USC and Michigan State stuff like that while Eastern Michigan didn't play anywhere near that level of competition like one of Eastern Michigan's two wins is against Charlotte who we both agree is just a horrible team oh yeah for sure that's it, man. That's just that's as deep as we go. That was a deep dive right there into some numbers with college football. That was so deep. You got you brought up games, teams I haven't even heard of. I couldn't tell you where they were on the map. <laughs> All right, well, uh, go ahead. It's time to get into the power rankings, man. My favorite thing. But uh, do we have Berg on the call here? We might be able to get Berg. Let's see if we can get Berg on the call. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back to you. We're going to see if we can get our boy Berg in. And we're going to hit you with the NFL, the power rankings, and Thursday Night Football. All right, and we are back. And it's time for my favorite part, the NFL power rankings. You know how serious I take this bad boy. And for those of you who don't know, we got Alan back on the show. So with that, I'm going to let you go first, Alan. Why don't you jump in there? Cue the music. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, Let's see here. So as I said before, I don't do the power rings like you guys. Well, and I got all this, oh, did you watch the game? Or, oh, oh are you, what, the Chiefs are three? Are you crazy? Like, I'm looking at it from the betting perspective. I want to give you guys the teams that I feel like right now aren't getting enough respect in the spreads in their games. Necessarily doesn't necessarily mean like that it's a play or anything like that, but just keep an eye on their spreads the next couple weeks. That's kind of the idea of what I'm talking about here. Um, the first team at number five would be the Dallas Cowboys. Um, a lot of hype on them all season. Uh, haven't lived up to it. They're two and three. 
but they are coming off a buy, and I feel like that if you look at the number that's out there right now, uh, they're laying six on the road at San Francisco. Um, I don't know how much of that rivalry that from the 90s still exists or anything like that, but um, you know, take a look at that number, watch where it goes. Uh, it's been moving up, so I think that the Cowboys could go on a little mini run here. Um, they've had a tough like schedule, in my opinion, with the teams that they played when they played them. Uh, Rams and Packers being two of them, and they went toe to toe with them. So I feel like they're a good team. There might be one of those like 500 type clubs, but I do think they're capable of of kind of beating up on some teams here as the schedule moves along. Um, number four, uh, take a look at the Minnesota Vikings um, with Case Keenum kind of taking over the reins for at least the immediate future. Uh, and Jared McKinnon really doing a great job running the ball. Um, I, I still think that they're kind of underrated with how they play D, um, and I, I just think that they're they're another team to keep an eye on. Uh, they're only laying five and a half to the Ravens this week. Uh, the one thing I would caution about this week's line is it's always tough to bet against teams that got embarrassed the previous week. When that happens later in the season, sure, when you know the season's over, it's dead, they got nothing to play for they can get embarrassed week after week. I mean, there's plenty of teams at the cellar that we've seen that have done that. But I will say, um, keep an eye on that game. If Vikings blow them out, uh, it's another team to maybe keep an eye on their spreads and really uh, start respecting a little bit more. Um, and then, let's see, number three, I have the New York Giants. Because, uh, it, hold on. Listen. Uh, uh, what? No, so I'm sorry. We saw... No, I'm sorry. I had to keep my emotions in. Go ahead. <laughs> As I said, Griff, these aren't power rankings in the traditional sense. No, I'm trying I to tell you, like, I'm sorry. I'm okay, sorry. all right, all right. So they went to Denver and completely like dominated the Broncos, which was kind of crazy. Um, they're getting six at home to Seattle, who I don't know the last time they covered a spread like on the East Coast in this situation. Um, the play calling was so different on Sunday night. I was stunned that I was watching the same team. Um, and the fact that they're still getting like almost a touchdown at home kind of seems crazy to me. Um, definitely a team to keep an eye on. Their spread's turning. Um, Sterling Shepard could be back soon. I think that the Giants could actually uh, you know, cover some spreads and be good in certain spots. Um, what does that leave me with, boys? Two? One? Yep. Okay. Which one? Well, you got to say number two. We don't even know what to say after you said the Giants at number three. So we're away. <laughs> Wherever you're going next, we just can't wait. I, I, I'm i scribbling notes right now, and I literally stopped writing. I'm like, okay, what, what, where's he going next? <laughs> All right. Next up at number two is the Miami Dolphins. So the Dolphins, obviously, they won at Atlanta, which nobody, I feel like, saw coming. I, I think they are starting to get their act together, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and I love defense. Um, keep an eye on what they do with the Jets this week. If they hold the Jets to, like, under 10 points, they're going to start turning the thing around spread-wise. Um, you know, be careful when they take on the elite teams, like teams like the Chiefs, uh, Patriots, you know, be very careful if you're going to back the Dolphins in any games there. Um, and the number one uh, team to keep an eye on with the spread is the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, coming off of a coming off of a bye. Uh, the Bengals, like, they're a hard team to judge right now, mainly because they lost three straight, looked like the worst offense on the planet, and then won two in a row. 
Now, the two wins weren't exactly the, you know, the, the best wins of all time, but they did beat Buffalo, and I still think Buffalo has a decent team. Um, and the Steelers game is going to be very interesting. The Steelers coming off that huge win on the road, feeling good. Um, I, I think they might be getting a point too much this week, uh, but I'm not like necessarily rushing to the window to bet them, but definitely keeping on their spreads in the next couple weeks. And uh, there you go, fellas. Have fun. It's different. I mean, it's, that's yeah, for sure. But, like that's that's a, that's a way of looking at it, and that's what that's what Allen does. He looks at things differently than, and he took this exercise to a different level. I don't. Even, I, I'm literally when he said Giants, I literally froze. I'm like Giants. <laughs> what? Then he followed it up with Dolphins, and he came with the Bengals. It's awesome. Yeah, it's like one of those when you go to a movie and you watch it and you don't have any clue like what just happened or what went on, but you're like, I think it was a good movie. It's like, it, it, I think it was good, it, but I, I, it just, I don't know what happened. So I, I'll give you that one, Alan. Actually, you know what? I'll be honest. There was You said a couple of things and kind of like what Dave said, I was scratching down a little bit of notes and you actually kind of made me change one of my teams after one of your synopsis, so. I'm going to go ahead and go next. Um, number one, I still have to keep the Chiefs number one. Even though they lost to the Steelers, like you guys said, blah, 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 blah. No one expected them to go undefeated. And just because you lose one game doesn't make you not the best team in the league. They easily could have won that game if that dude knew how to either catch or just knock the ball towards the ground. So I'm still going to keep the Chiefs up there. Number two, obviously, it's got to be the Eagles. They beat the Panthers. Um... They're, they're a team who showed the ability to, one, cover lines, and they win on the road. I really like the Eagles. They only losses to the Chiefs. They got to be your number two team. Now, originally, I had the Steelers number three here, which is, like, really, like, big for me because I'm not a Steelers fan. I've was been low on them all year. I still think that team has a lot of turmoil. But I wanted to put them up there because they had such a big win against my Chiefs. But kind of listen to Allen. He's kind of talking about the Bengals. It really made me think. I kind of think I'm kind of liking the Bengals in this game this week. So I'm actually, it's going to make me move the, the Steelers down. And I'm going to move up my next team, which is the Texans. Allen had the Texans in the, in his top five last week. I'm surprised they weren't up there this week. But they were up there last week. They had that, that merch game. I love that, that merch game where your boy Watson went off. And their team trending in the right direction. This team has always been a good team. Just had dumpster fires at quarterbacks. Now they got actually like someone who's really, really good. And he's a rookie, so a lot of teams just don't know about him yet. They're going to catch a lot of teams by surprise. I think they're worth putting up there in your power rankings. Uh, So with that, I'm going to switch the Steelers down to number four. Like I said, they beat the Chiefs. That's cool. They got the big win. They got a ton of talent. So if they can just get everyone on the same page, then that's a serious team that they're going to have to deal with. And then lastly, number five, um, I there were so many teams. I couldn't even think of like who to throw in there. There's there like 10, 11, 12s you could put at this number five spot. I, I almost did one of the, the big Dave things where you put two really good teams from the NFC, two teams from the AFC, five teams from one division or whatever. But at the end of the day, I was like, no, I got to come up with one solid team. And the only one that I found myself after I went through all the wins and losses and eliminated this and added this, the one team that looked solid enough was the Redskins. The Redskins, they got 
They didn't cover last week against the 49ers, almost lost that game, but like I, I kind of thought it was going to be a game like that. And then also you're dealing with a situation where a quarterback switch halfway through the game, now you're dealing with a different guy. It was just kind of one of those weird things. They, they found a way to hold it off at the last minute. Again, they got some good wins against good teams, and their only two losses are against my number one and my number two team. So with that being said, I think for right now, you got to keep the Redskins up there. They play Monday night against the Eagles. They're getting plus six points, and I'm actually like the I like the Redskins. I think the Redskins are gonna want to come out and kind of show like, hey, we're still a good team to to reckon with. So I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Redskins there. I like it. That's uh, me and you are like dancing a little bit. We've we've kind of taken this process. You presented it in a way that I said I got to start doing this every week and mine looks a lot like yours I don't think anyone's is going to look like Alan's let's let's just keep that real that's I don't know again he threw me for a loop and but he said a lot of good things and I'm going to get to that in a second I'm going to give you my power five starting from the top despite the loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers Kansas City is still number one I got to give it yeah, I mean, you do, you don't lose a game and lose the spot if you lose a competitive game. And if your guy can pick that pass off, we're talking about the Chiefs still being undefeated. And they didn't play very good at all. Totally dominated in the first half. 16 first downs to one in the yeah. first half. And somehow stayed in the game and had a shot to win it coming down to the end. So they're still number one. The Eagles are number two. They um, They won a big road game on Thursday night. They get the long rest. Now they got their next three games at home. They're home against Washington. Then they're home against San Francisco. And they're home against Denver. So three-game homestand. Then a bye. Then they go to Dallas. So they're not on the road for a month. This is a big spot now for the Eagles going forward. And they can actually, if they hold court at home, they're 8-1 and one going into the, after the bye week. That's ridiculous. But that's where they're at. Number three for me. I'm keeping Washington right there where they're at. They they were four, I think, last week for me. They held on and won the game. San Francisco did change quarterbacks and, and found some life in the second half and almost won the game. San Francisco is the best 0-6 team, I think, in the history of the NFL. They've lost every game by three or by two. <laughs> six games. It's absurd. And so that's a quality win again. And, they are, again, their only two losses, like Griff said, are to Kansas City and Philadelphia. So... Uh, both on the road. No, they lost. Yeah, one at home, one on the road. Anyhow, they're number three for me. Number four, in keeping with the theme of if we're doing the power rankings right, we don't have to change it much. I got Carolina there because they okay. lost the game to the number two team in my power rankings. We we obviously we dropped we all dropped Green Bay out because Green Bay is no longer in the power five. They're not in the power ten with Brent Huntley. They're a long shot to make the playoffs at this point. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see they're going to win games that nobody thinks they're going to win because of the personnel and um, what they do up there. But they're not in the Power Five anymore. So Carolina's number four for me. And my my thing that I do is the slash marks five because I can't come up with a legitimate one team. My AFC representatives in my five spot – the Steelers find their way back up because of the road win and playing to the level of competition. That being said, I am totally with Al 
in the look ahead for the weekend. The Bengals off a bye, division game, getting more than four points has to be the side in the game for me. So I like the Bengals in the game, but the Steelers are lurking in the in the bottom uh, here, number five. And I know no one's saying it, but I got to put the Patriots there because with Gronk in the in the lineup, they're just a different team. Their defense is horrible, but they're going to outscore a lot of teams. I don't you advocate winning big numbers. I will not. I will hold on to it until proven <laughs> until proven otherwise. Uh, Belichick and Brady are just too good. I can't put like Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien up there yet. You know, I just can't do it because if they play each other, the Patriots are going to win. My NFC representatives on my five spot are the Minnesota Vikings. I'm I'm with you there. They they know what they have with Keenum. And, you know, they lose Dalvin Cook. They plug McKinnon in. They're doing what they do. They're running the ball. They're playing defense. They're making plays when they need to make them. Uh, they're doing enough to stay there, and I think they're not going. I mean, now they're the favorite to win that division, in my opinion. So they're right there. Um, my other team in the NFC, maybe it's out of sight, out of mind, and off a of bye, but I creeped Seattle back up there because they finally won on the road last time they played. Now they go to the Giants. I agree 100%. I can't believe they're six-point favorites on the road. The Giants may have found something with Beckham being out. Now we don't have to get this guy the ball. We don't have him throwing tantrums on the sideline. We know we're limited what we can do. Let's, Let's change the entire thing. And I agree with you, Al. It was a different team on Sunday in Denver. And going forward... You're right. There's going to be a lot of value if the line doesn't catch up to the Giants. This is this is one of those weeks. I've been saying for a long time, Seattle doesn't win and cover road games. We'll see what happens, where this number goes. But looking at ahead to where we get to on the weekend when we reconvene, I'm thinking the Giants got to be the side for me. Well, I think with Mac Madiga just giving up play calling, that's what, that's what I think made the most difference. I think they just... You know, they're like, oh, hey, we have this young tight end we drafted. Let's get him the football. And he was just murdering the Broncos when they were moving the ball. Yeah, they they definitely look like a different team. We'll see if they are able to carry that momentum. That's a huge trend for years when a team, a dog wins a game on the road and comes home and getting points at home. It only shows itself maybe five to eight times a year in the NFL. Where right. a team like the Giants goes and outright wins as a dog and comes home and is a dog at home. They cover the spread like 75% of the time. So there's a couple instances this week of those, actually. And um, there's, there's a lot of live dogs this week at home. And that's a perfect power rankings right there. All right, and we are back. It's Thursday night. Let's talk it really quick, because I'm assuming we're all just going to say how much we like the Chiefs, yeah? Yeah? I am. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. I think the Chiefs are going to bounce back pretty easily. The, the Chiefs, like you were talking a little bit earlier, Dave, they played one of the worst games they possibly could have played in the first half of that game against the Steelers, and still sh- probably should have won that game, or at least had a really good uh, opportunity to win that game late. Um, I don't think they're going to play nearly that bad. 
But even with that all being said, I just don't like this Oakland team right now. They just lost at home to the Chargers. And the Chargers are no bueno. So I'm just looking at this. Oakland just doesn't look good. They haven't looked right in a couple of weeks now, even before Derek Carr got hurt. They're just not clicking on all cylinders. I think that this is going to be a good game for the Chiefs to just get back right on. What do you guys think? I'll jump in first. I uh, I agree with you. Something's wrong with Oakland. And apparently it starts with Amari Cooper. Can't catch a ball, can't get open. And Carr's back. I don't know how healthy. Um, they looked dismal against the Chargers. And the week before against the Ravens, they looked even worse. Yeah. Short week, and a lot of things just don't look like they're happening right for them. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. Uh, we have them number one in our power rankings anyway, Griff, me, and you. And it's a short price. I, I, I'm gonna t- I, I'm going to say the Chiefs minus three looks like the side for me. Uh, to be honest, I just hate this. I hate this game. I hate the spread. I I don't like anything about this game. Um, this game actually almost reminds me of the Steelers and Chiefs game, and the reason for that is that the Raiders have to win this game. Like they're two and four. This is their season, and they started out two and zero. Oh, they lost four in a row. Like it's go time. If they're going to get back into this thing, they got to beat the Chiefs. And so, like, I hate betting on teams that maybe now are being like, I don't want to say they're underrated because they deserve to these spreads they're getting because they, they just look terrible on offense. I mean, like, like Dave said, I mean, Amari Cooper's literally disappeared. It's incredible. I, I don't remember an athlete that was in this prime that was coming off, you know, successful seasons just completely vanished like this. Uh, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I could compare it to. It's, it's crazy. Um, makes me wonder if he's if he's actually really hurt and he's hiding it, or there's something else going on that's distracting him. I, it just just doesn't make sense. But for that reason, I just I I just don't want any part of this game, though. I will say. I understand that, and I see where you're coming from. Especially, it's a Thursday night game. It's a short week for both teams. But um, something that's interesting. You remember when? Uh, Marshawn Lynch went crazy on the sideline. He was dancing. Everybody was having a good time. They were blowing out the Jets, everything. The Raiders haven't won since that. And it really started to make me stop and go back and think. I said, okay, they blew out the Jets in that game, and that's good. But then other than that, they played the Titans, and they looked really good in, in the opening week against the Titans at the Titans. But then I'm starting to think, did we overrate them too early? And that that may be the case because you think about last year and think about how many close games they won and how many of those games were just like those games that could have went either way and they went their way last year. And I was kind of talking to Dave about it earlier. Early in the year last year, they went for two against the Saints and they got it and they won that game and it kind of just it gave them momentum throughout the whole season. And I think it was like one of those things to win if you go if you show guts and you show those wavos like that in the game, it, it feeds into the whole season. But now you got a new season, and those games aren't going their way. And I'm start, and I'm like, I, we overweighted them too early. So I'm looking at this. I think the Chiefs are just the better team, and pretty much most of the most of the areas you're going to find in this game, they should win it, in my opinion. Pretty, it's 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 a short number. They should win. Let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Um, just want to give a shout out to. 
everyone, all the loyal listeners, everyone who gives us feedback, follow us on our Twitter. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Everyone who loyally listens to the show every week, we really appreciate you guys just supporting us and um, working through us. We try every we try every week to listen to everything that you give us and just try to improve the show. Try to come back, make it funnier. Hopefully, our picks are better. Uh, wasn't my best week last week, but hey, these guys, Alan and Dave, are really giving out some really great stuff. So, you know, I'm, if you're listening to them, I know you're making money. Um, anything you guys want to say? I just want to say, go Yankees! I, I I can't get enough of the baseball, and I know you guys both picked the Astros, and it's fine if they win. I just want to see more baseball. I want to see Game Seven, so. I'm all in with the baseball. And then hockey, if you're sleeping on the Vegas Golden Knights, it's been a hell of a start and a lot of fun to watch. There's been value on them every single game. They've either been a dog or a very small price favorite. we got a lot of hockey ahead of us, just like the basketball we talked about earlier. But there's, there's going to be a lot of things to talk about down the road. Don't sleep on it. We appreciate the football talk, and that's what we do. But there's a lot of things down the road on the horizon. Yeah, if you're sleeping on the Golden Knights now, it's time to wake up, baby. They're the real deal. All right, Adam, Alan, you want to add some sanity to this thing or what? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, well, with that being said, coming to you remotely from all parts of Vegas and always Vegas strong, this is Cast Considerations. Cool. Hit us up in a second at our Twitter, Cash Considering is the section. Find clips of the show. You can hit up different polls, updates on your players, anything you need to know. Don't hesitate, wait or over contemplate. Reserve a date and a place, let us educate. I promise you won't find a better use of your time. If you want to make some money, hit the like and subscribe. I love it. Hey, um, Alan, what the hell are you doing with your microphone, bro? Is it like rubbing up know. against your shirt or what? what are, I don't know. Using? Maybe. <laughs> it's just my headphones.